Welcome, friends. This is Mike from Top 10 with Kyle and Mike. I am joined this week, and it is my distinct pleasure to be joined this week, in fact, by your co-host, Kyle. This week, as every week, Kyle and I will be discussing a very pressing topic. It might even be a topic of worldwide importance. It probably won't be. We're going to discuss that topic. We're going to debate it vigorously. And by the end of this episode, we will have a definitive top 10. So, okay, dog, what are we talking about this week? Okay, Mike, this topic is quite ironically, distinctly not a worldwide issue. Oh, okay. We are going to be discussing an issue that is really only super relevant to English speakers. Okay. I guess this topic could apply to people that speak other languages, but we're not going to get into that. Mm-hmm. I was speaking with someone the other day, and they said something that just made me say, that's dumb. That doesn't make any sense. Oh, and it was, please. I hope that this is the topic I think it might be. <laughs> it was an idiom that made no sense. You, sir, are the idiom. That's right. <laughs> so we're going to be talking about the top 10, or really my top 10 least favorite idioms are the dumbest idioms that just don't make any sense. Okay, so can I ask you a clarifying question? Because this might even leave open a, t- a topic I want to discuss at a future date. So, is the issue here that the idiom is just silly or, or kind of feels nonsensical? Or is the issue that this is a phrase that is commonly misused? or, or So, it's more the first one. Yeah, it's not commonly misused phrases. Because I know okay. that... <laughs> I hope that you do that at some point. <laughs> I do too. This is... They're used correctly, they just don't make any sense. And I'm not talking about idioms that just have strange origins that maybe don't have a modern context that makes sense. For example, when you say, don't beat around the bush, like, that has, the old meaning behind that is, it has to do with hunting, I think, like, pheasants. Like, rather than going straight for the bird, you beat around the bush to try to get it to get out. It, It makes sense, it just maybe isn't relevant in our modern day these idioms that i'm gonna list i think i don't know their origins but they just don't make sense to me and i think they're stupid okay i dig that and i hope and expect we will reveal our ignorance uh at a few points here where we think that something's really dumb and we will get a wonderful caller texter emailer likely quinn to tell us that it makes perfect sense. I'm confident that half of these make perfect <laughs> sense. I just don't know. <laughs> yeah. So we can get right into it. Number 10, <laughs> when someone says that they or someone they know can drink like a fish. Mm. Fishes don't drink water, do they? Yeah, that's a that's an interesting point. Because I guess that that gets to the question of what drinking is. Because is drinking the act of passing water through one's throat or is drinking the act of passing water through one's throat for the purpose of quenching one's thirst in this context specifically though it's usually in reference to alcohol like no one no one like chugs a bottle of water on a hot day and someone's like that guy drinks like a fish it has to do with alcohol so well we used to do that jokingly about ourselves (laughs) in general yeah The other thing is, like, it's not like fishes swim around with their mouths open or just ingesting water at all times. They, they inhale water, like, they filter it through their gills to, to get the oxygen out of it. 
Mm-hmm. My sense is that fishes aren't like, like drinking water all day long as they swim. I think that that certainly the issue with that is we're we're taking the human experience of passing water through <laughs> our throats and putting it on the fish. Like imagine yourself <laughs> with your human breathing apparatus. <laughs> how miserable it would be to go clug 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 all day, like. It would, depending on your perspective, be enhanced interrogation or torture because it would be horrible. But for a fish, it's just like, it's just your day. I guess. I just don't, I don't, I don't think that fish drink in the same way we do. And therefore, this doesn't make any sense. No, I'm fully in support of this. And it's funny. This is is unrelated, (laughs) but I'm sure you read this article. There was, there's a cool article on that site we like called The Ringer about the uh, Cape Cod Baseball League and announcers. I don't know if you happen to read that. I didn't catch that one. Yeah, it was, a, it was a really interesting article. It was just talking about how it's like a finishing school for aspiring young broadcasters. And this whole list is probably going to kind of stick in my craw today <laughs> because, because a big part of the finishing school for these broadcasters is just saying what happens. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, just say what happens. And I think for this phrase, as much as any of them, Drinks like a fish, is a drunk, is an alcoholic, if you're so inclined, you know, suffers from alcoholism, whatever, whatever your thing is, like, parties too much, got a little wild, like, there's a lot of other things that pretty directly say what this one is implying. Yeah, there are a lot of effective substitutes that are readily available for somebody. Yeah. Also, if someone really is drinking that much, like, maybe don't make light of it by saying they drink like a fish. I don't know. Yeah, and I'm, this is what I'm saying, like, I think... There's sort of the jokey version of that, which is like, yo, dude drinks too much. Or there's the so-and-so has a serious issue. We should, we ought to address this. That's the avenue I suggest personally. But yeah, drinks like a fish. That's even an int- another layer to this. It makes light of something that's not that funny. So that's not number- with you. I'm all around with you. This maybe <laughs> this like, this is number one. This, this maybe needs to go up a little bit. <laughs> that's a stupid ass phrase. All right, that's number 10. <laughs> soon to be higher, I guess. Excuse me, yeah. soon to be higher. Number nine, <laughs> when you're talking about the relative value of something that's already in your possession, you might say a bird in hand is worth two in the bush. Now, yeah. I totally understand the concept that something, for example, having cash now versus cash later, huge advantage. You can do a lot with that cash now. I, I get You're the You're a princi- finance wizard. You know I'm a finance guru, Mike, not a wizard. Guru, excuse oh, me. thank you. Me. <laughs> the problem I have is not the concept, it's the conversion. Why is a bird in your hand worth precisely two birds in a bush? That seems like a lazy bit of rounding. That's a really good point. I think that that's a common psychological fallacy is to just sort of round to familiar numbers. <laughs> but yeah, I think I think not only at this very moment, is there a question of whether the bird in the hand is worth two in the bush? I think that there's a real question of whether there's change over time. Because uh, presumably the conversion changes. Like when I, when I studied abroad in <laughs> London, one United States dollar was worth like a, was, you know, a, it cost a dollar sixty-five to buy one Great British pound. Sure. Now it costs something like one 25 or 130 to buy one great british pound there is change over time so like i could tell you a bird in hand right now is worth two in a bush and in in five years we do this podcast again a bird in my hand is worth maybe two and three quarters yeah a a bird's in a bush we don't know 
with inflation. Does that apply to birds in hand versus bush birds? I don't I don't know. And the ambiguity is really my issue here. I think that's a really good question. And I think it naturally leads to other questions about how much birds are worth in other places. Like, what about a bird in <laughs> mouth? How much is a bird in mouth worth? Because what if, okay, let's just posit a scenario here. This is a live bird. <laughs> presumably we punted this bird. We've caught a live bird. It's flapping its wings. I think it's plausible that the bird would escape between the hand and the mouth. So, like, the bird in the mouth is worth a lot. Then let's go further. I choked on a chicken nugget one time. A bird in my hand... A bird in my mouth and a bird in my stomach were worth very different things because that bird in my mouth wasn't worth shit. It <laughs> yeah. choked me and almost killed me, but a bird in my stomach would have been worth way more than two of that nugget in mouth. <laughs> it is kind of funny. It's like like a bird in your stomach is worth five in the bush. Like maybe it makes more sense because I don't know why we're assuming that you've just stopped. You've grabbed a bird and you have it live in your hand and it's you're right. It's unclear why we've stopped there. Exactly. What kind of, like, a dead bird, maybe, <laughs> because you can feel reasonably assured that the trip from, like, bush to hand to mouth to stomach is set, but this also, is an uncertain like, world. These are just, like, two scenarios where you're unlikely to find birds. Like, no one just grasps a bird, a live bird, and <laughs> birds don't typically hang out in bushes. Like, they hang out in trees, mostly. I- I'm so, I'm so in on this. It's just, it seems like an arbitrary way to compare. It's like saying a dollar on your head is worth $5 under your shoe. Like, that's not a place you would find a dollar in either case. Yeah. I I don't know. I'm sold. I'm with you. All right. That's number nine. Number eight. This one I I understand, but I also think it's, it's just ignorant. Mike, if we both agreed on something... We might, I might pithily say to you, well, great minds think alike. Mm -hmm. And that's just not really true at all, in my, in my opinion. (laughs) (laughs) That's such a great, yeah, that's a really good point, because that's, this, this could go back to one of our, one of our favorite pods, the useless school knowledge, like, what is it that we're trying to instill? And if this is something we're teaching kids, holy shit, we're doomed. The great minds do not think like that should, Certainly not be the thing we're teaching. Well, to quote Mr. Ollivander, yeah, the the Dark Lord himself did yep. great and terrible things. Terrible, yes, but yes. great. And so, but great, undoubtedly a great mind. But certainly, he thinks differently than say Albus Dumbledore. Yeah, or I guess you could make the case though that like both they they, they think a little bit closer than than you might think. It yeah, than we might think. <laughs> Whatever we we've both been reading a lot of Harry Potter lately. I'm I'm just saying like you can a lot of people a lot of different people accomplish greatness in their lives, and while they might have some things they do the same, obviously there's some common traits such as drive and yeah and ambition. Typically, like. That doesn't mean you think in the same way. In fact, what what makes people so great in a lot of different fields is that they're able to attack things with thinking about them in very different ways. Can I try to can I try to be smart here? I think I think I know something about science and I need you to tell me if I do. Oh Jesus. Um, I know, we're going for it. Am I mistaken in thinking that Einstein's theory of relativity does not in any way jive with quantum mechanics? And there's like this major disconnect between the two prevailing theories of the universe. I'm not aware of that schism. We should, we really need to bring on Mike. <laughs> for this. Yeah, we should have Mikey Mike. Let's just, let's operate under the assumption that I haven't just made this up. Okay. So that's what I think. So we're talking about two utterly different schools of thought 
produced by what are undoubtedly some of the greatest minds. Right. They think so not alike <laughs> that they, they fundamentally explained the universe in ways that are so different that they cannot be reconciled. And yet, everybody agrees that both of them are right. And they've created mutually exclusive scenarios. <laughs> Completely mutually exclusive. But, and yet everyone says both are perfectly right. If, like, I, come on, people. Well, and, and on a less serious note, I mean, like, take some of the greatest movies we've ever seen. Like, like, we love Grand Budapest Hotel. That's a great movie. So yep. is The Godfather. But, yep. The people that made those movies don't think in the same way about anything. That's, Utterly true. And just, if Knocked Up taught me nothing, it's that you can have two different people can have very similar basic premises for their idea and execute them so differently. Just like Tombstone and Wyatt Earp, or Mr. Skin and Flesh of the Stars. Like, <laughs> even when you're sort of swimming in the same pool, you can, you can be totally different spots. I think that's the, the best way to prove this. Mr. Yeah. Skin is probably the way to go. <laughs> so, so that's number eight. Yeah. <laughs> number seven. Mike, if it was, if we had inclement weather and there was a lot of precipitation. Raining cats, no! You might even say it was raining cats and dogs. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't even know where to start with this one. I like to think of myself <laughs> as somebody who, who's self-sufficient in like figuring out vocabulary and phrases. I've learned like a lot of stuff through reading British literature and you say, oh, okay, chuffed. Like, yeah, I can kind of figure out what chuffed might mean from the context. <laughs> I don't, I, I got no idea. <laughs> this is where context clues reach the end of their use. This is, I, I don't know. This seems like a dangerous image to conjure up. It's quite, it's, frankly, it's terrifying because yeah. the last thing I would want to come out of the sky during a storm is a cat or a dog. I'd be alarmed. I just may, the only thing I can think of is if it was raining so hard that the noise it created made you think like there were cats and dogs oh. outside. Maybe. I I'm stretching here. That's the best that I've heard of. I, I guess that. That could be. I, if, if, if that's true, that's weak. Like, there are so many other ways you could describe inclement weather. It's raining, yeah. it's raining buckets. That's a good one because it feels like, oh, there's so much water. It's not like droplets like we're used to. It's like someone's poured a, a bucket of water on yeah, you. Yeah. That's a perfectly reasonable idiomatic way of expressing this. Yeah, I don't get it now. I don't, I don't, I don't have any idea where this would have come from. <laughs> That's my best guess, and I just don't like it. I, I don't know. Isn't yeah. this, is this one of the, never mind. I, I thought it was, the, isn't there an episode of The Office where like they try to get Phyllis to say a bunch of different yes. phrases? Is this one yes. of them, or am I making that um, up? I'm almost certain this is one of them, yes. Yeah. So, I don't know. It, it doesn't make a lot of sense to me. We don't have to, we don't have to beat a dead horse here. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> See, that um, one makes sense. That that does. That's a great example. It's <laughs> something that I think Dwight K. Schrute would identify with. Well, I know he's still working on his hamburger to go. <laughs> I know Hamaker Shlema says no, but... <sighs> <sighs> okay. Yeah. That's 10 through 7. I have prepared a not top 3. My yeah. not top 3 are idioms that I think make a ton of sense. 
Mm-hmm. Number three is if you're kind of not focused on something, it's not on the forefront of your mind, you might say that that thing is, it's on the back burner. Yeah, okay. Yep. That makes a ton of sense. When I'm cooking, mm-hmm. the thing, uh, the chicken or whatever I'm really focused on, it's at the front and I'm really focusing yeah. on it. My boiling water, my rice, it's on the back burner. It's further away. Yeah. It's I'm not really focused on it as much. Don't put me on the back burner. But I will say, <laughs> in my instance, uh, where I've got one of those electric stovetops, where I have different size burners, mm. I don't have that convenience. I wish I did. <laughs> because I often end up working over like a steaming pot to get yes. to the important thing that is un- unfortunately on the back burner. But yeah, that's a that's a perfectly reasonable and clear idiomatic expression. I'm with you. Makes perfect sense. Yeah, I like that. This next one, if I was trying to express that uh, I in in an effort to avoid kind of stagnation, I was always trying to stay active. I might mm-hmm. say that a rolling stone gathers no moss. That's a big one, you might say. And it makes perfect sense. They actually tested yep. they actually tested this one on Mythbusters, which was delightful. They did. That was delightful. It's the whole point of moss is that it is only going to grow on something that's uh stationary. So if the yep. stone is in fact rolling, no moss shall gather. Yeah. I like that one. I also like the the bald man's retort where he says, you know, grass doesn't grow in a busy street. Mm-hmm. Like it's taking that same expression and using it to defend against a physical condition that is often difficult on a man's self-confidence indeed yeah, yeah and, and, it make, and it makes sense practically speaking too like if, if you want to avoid kind of falling into a, a complacency you have to keep going trying new things testing your comfort zone it makes sense word it's all it's great advice too <laughs> it, it really is i do you remember trevor who uh, from uh, our senior year yep he used to repeat that all the time complacency oh. kills all the time I really like that. All the time. That's good advice. He's a good dude. He is. Last one. If I were to say that I was not giving the the the, requ- the requisite effort to give a, a full attempt at something, and I was trying to maybe do it... Going through the motions? Is that what you're getting at? I was going through cutting corners. Mm. And I can tell you, as a math expert, I know, these, I know Lagrange multipliers, this kind of thing. You know it all. The fastest way between two points is a straight line. So if you were trying to get around a corner faster, rather than going to the end and then making a a right angle turn, by cutting the corner, you would actually get there faster, but you wouldn't have rounded the corner as sufficiently as, as you might have. So this- That's very true. This expression makes a lot of sense to me. It's a good one. I like that. It definitely accords with our experience of getting across various quads where we always traveled along the hypotenuse. It was a very effective means of getting where we wanted to get quickly, but it also meant we didn't get to see as much of the quad. Precisely. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. Idioms are like one of those things that when you hear them, you know it, and you're like, oh, I hear that all the time. Yeah. But so I, I totally understand if you can't think of any off the off the top. Oh, of your head, I actually, but... you know, what? I actually just thought one uh, on thin ice. Oh yeah. That's a good one. I like on thin ice. It's very clear. You're on thin ice, Buster. You need to be careful. Yeah. Uh, let's see. What else? Get the ball rolling is a good one. <laughs> I kind of like the rolling. So like, get the ball rolling. Yeah, I get that. Yep. Yeah, those are a couple that I think that I think work. Good. I think we've made a. I don't think we've cut any corners on this. Not top three. Oh. So. So let's move on to number six then, and just get out of there. Number six. If 
if I were to say that I was really into somebody, I was falling madly in love, uh, I might say that I was head over heels for them. Mm. Which, I, I gotta say, Mike, any person that I address while standing, I'm head over heels for them because in my default position, my head is mm. almost directly over my heels. Can you explain yeah. this one to me? That is very interesting. I think that it would be very difficult to maintain sort of a standard position of head not being over heels. <laughs> that would require very significant balance and Achilles strength. I, I'm not inclined to say that this is a sexual thing, but I do think there's probably an argument to be made that head over heels could be parlayed into some sort of sexual thing. I doubt that's what they're getting at, so I don't See, really know what this could be. Like, disoriented? Like, disoriented is interesting. Now I'm thinking about a different phrase, which I'm assuming you didn't say because you, it would be related to this one. But do you talk about any tea kettles or anything? No. Yeah, the phrase ass over tea kettle. <laughs> like, that's when you, like, say you if, if you fell off your skis or something and you totally, yeah. you know, okay. beefed. Like, you went ass over tea kettle. But, you know... I don't think I get that one totally. There's, I'm sure there's some backstory there, but that would, why not, why not, like, if the idea is that you're just totally blown away by love, wouldn't any direction work? Here's what I posit. I would argue that if you just flipped this idiom, it would actually make a lot of sense if you said, oh, I'm heels overhead, because, like, you're so blown <laughs> away that you've been blown over backwards, or, like, you were so stunned that you fell forwards and now you've yeah. you've done like a somersault or a backflip or something and your heels are somehow strangely over your head i think that would make a ton of sense and in that other scenario ass over tea kettle if we're substituting in if we're making to make this willing to make the stretch that a tea kettle could be a substitute for one's head yeah. if you fall off your skis your ass might in fact be over your tea kettle or your head as you flail about interesting so your issue isn't so much that the phrase implies just general directionlessness, like slash chaos. Your issue is more that this specific direction that they've chosen makes no sense. Well, saying head over heels doesn't imply, it, like, I'm confused about my direction because and almost always my my head is over yeah. my heels. So, like, like, blown away, bowled over, yep. ass over teak. Anything is fine with you so long as it's not, like, a standard human walking position. Like, the default. Like, the default, yeah. even if you're sitting, even if your legs are now a little bit in front of you and your head is not directly over your heels, vertically speaking, it's still over them. Like that. Well, that's definitely true. And if, even from, like, the, the front to back sort of plane, it's... Your head is going to be over your heels pretty shortly. If it's not right now, I promise you it will be shortly. Right. So, like, for me, the way you would use this phrase is like, well, I was, uh, I walked into that situation and, you know, honestly, it was pretty much exactly as I expected it to be. I was head over heels. Yeah. <laughs> like, I was, yeah, uh, you no, know, was you're, my standard situation. You're right. Your head is generally over your heels in kind of all planes that matter. That was my problem with that one. Yeah. I wouldn't have thought of that, but I think, I think you're right on. <laughs> All right, number f number five. If, if I were to say that the act of stashing away something of value and, and making the argument that that was just as valuable an act of of going out and procuring something new of that thing, mm -hmm. I might say that a penny saved is a penny earned. So you're gonna go after my boy uh, 
silence do good here. Listen, I'm a Frank fan as much as the next guy, but I just, like, this is the the identity property. <laughs> a penny saved <laughs> is a penny saved. <laughs> and a penny earned is a penny earned. You're a finance guy. Maybe you can explain yeah. this to me in a little more detail. In order to save a penny, I have to earn it first. Like, these things happen in sequence, right? That's interesting. So I think... Well, let's, all right, let's start here. There's, there's the, the, you could theoretically save a penny, which you have not in a strict sense earned. Like you could win it. You could be gifted it. There are other things. And I think behavioral finance will tell you that you will act differently if you win the money or are given the money than if you earn the money. So theoretically, the way you come into the money could make it so that it is not exactly the same as a penny saved. So I think that that's, that's a possibility. But in this case, the point about the penny saved is a penny earned in, they're not, it, it because they can be sequential, they're not either or. I think that's the fundamental issue that you're getting at is it's, this, the pen, you save the penny after you earn it, sure. There are other options for why you could be saving a penny, but there is no situation in which the option is to save a penny or to earn a penny. Right. Yeah. So I think, I think that's the fundamental issue. They're not either or. So if you said a penny won is a penny earned. Okay. I think you're wrong. I think pretty much. <laughs> All of behavioral finance would tell you that you're wrong. <laughs> but at least those two are options. Saving a penny and earning a penny, they're just, they're different things. You're right. This is dumb. I never thought of this. I get the, I get the fundamental point that our friend Franklin is trying to convey Look, to us. I get sure, the gist. I get it. And I'm sure it helped many an American frontiersman or woman in promoting thrift in their families. Now, <laughs> but, it's, but it's foolish. I wonder if what he meant to say was a penny invested is a penny earned. Because you can earn pennies on an invested penny, if I'm understanding finance correctly. I think really what he's trying to say is if at the end of the day you have one penny, <laughs> regardless that of sucks. how you got regard, Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Maybe not in those days. I don't know what the conversion was, but like... Because unlike a bird in a bush, it changes over time. But I think that what he's saying is if at the end of the day you have one penny rather than zero, that's better. But I think what he's fundamentally neglecting is that you're earning the penny. You then save it or don't save it. You don't either save it or earn it. Right. Yeah, you're right. Thank you. Yeah, dumb one. That's a that's a really dumb one. <laughs> I was worried that you were going to be like, Kyle, you ignorant buffoon. And then you were going to explain to me how saving pennies is earning pennies. And I'm glad. No, having one penny <laughs> is always the same as having one penny. I get that piece of this formula. <laughs> but earning versus consumption are not the thing. Like any, it's either you consume it or you save it. So. Or you invest it, I suppose, but you never choose between earning and saving. Yeah, dumb. Thank you. Yep. That brings us to number four. Mm-hmm. Now, here's an, it's another rain one. So, <laughs> if I if if I was saying it's kind of like saying feast or famine, mm-hmm. which 
I guess in conjunction with this is pretty stupid. You, it, the, the basic idea is that when, I don't know, when something occurs, a lot of that thing is going to occur. I don't, I don't, when it yeah. rains, it pours. Yeah. First of all, yeah. That's just not true. Some- I think whatever, I'm, I'm excited for what your second of all is. But I don't think it's necessary. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, this is just not true. You're right. I shouldn't have started. This will be a good one for like improperly used grammar in your pod because I don't have a second of all. I don't need one. There is no need. That's when it rains. Sometimes it doesn't pour. Sometimes it just rains. There are actual, there are actually words that describe when it rains yeah. only a little bit. Like, oh, it's drizzling. <laughs> Like a spr- yeah, drizzling, sprinkling, spr- misting, like spitting. Some people even say spitting. <laughs> misting? Like, yeah. There's, there's an entire thesaurus here of words that can describe situations when it rains that it does not pour. You know how, like, lightly culturally insensitive <laughs> teachers from the 90s loved to say that Eskimos <laughs> had 30 words for this, for snow? <laughs> like, that's the same thing. The English language has, like, a hundred words for rain. We come, our language comes from a land where it's always <laughs> raining. Like, talk to some asshole living in Stratford-upon-Avon in England. Like, they don't, they don't think that this is true. They invented a trillion words to describe the different forms of liquid precipitation. This one's just, just stupid. I, yeah. And, but, you know, to be fair, though, sometimes when it <laughs> rains, yeah. it pours. That would be a great way to do this. Like, if you could... <laughs> That would actually be a fun pot. How to fix each of these with one word or fewer. Like, the fewer, the one word or fewer, the fewer is just scratching out. It has to be stricken from the record. The one word is sometimes. <laughs> when it rains, it sometimes pours. Yeah. Or, or, yeah. In fr- or in front, sometimes yeah. when it rains, it pours. Yeah, I actually like that better. Like... This is utter foolishness. (laughs) (sighs) Okay. That was number four. Yeah. (laughs) Which means it's time for some honorable mentions. Yeah. I didn't have a ton. Some, uh, I have like a couple that, like, they kind of make sense to me. So when you say something costs an arm and a leg, like, it makes sense. Like, oh, it's a really, really steep price. But, like, it doesn't really make sense because I can't really think of a transaction where someone would realistically ask you, like that's good. I'm gonna need an arm and two arm. No, I'll take it. I'll do it for an arm and a leg. You know, like that's pretty steep. Yeah. Like it's just. I get it. It's a steep price. It's just to me. It's not. It's not a. Idioms don't have to be realistic. This just seems a little aggressive, especially when you could very easily just say like, there are a lot of other things you could throw in here that would illustrate the point. Like it costs a lot. Yeah, I think that that's. We're coming back to conversions. <laughs> there's a question of the relative value of these things over time like think for example like an arm and a leg like if you are an, a laborer in ancient egypt trying to build the pyramid like your arms and legs are really the only <laughs> currency that you possess and so to say something costs an arm and a leg it's worth an awful lot but like if you're a modern person <laughs> who works primarily on a computer like your arms and legs are worth an awful lot less than they used to be that's true 
and a bummer, but like I think even in today's modern society, if I were asked to expend one arm and one leg, I'd still consider that a very high price for whatever it, it was be, I was trying to get. Would, you certainly wouldn't consider it as worthwhile as your enslaved Maltese ancestors. When the apartment I lived in just a few months ago with Dylan and Jameson and Quinn before that, there was this little store on the corner <laughs> that had, like, I think it thought it was more convenient than it was. And so as a result, the prices were so high. And <laughs> we would always joke that to, if we like needed milk for something, like, oh, we got to run over to the testicle mart because that's what it costs <laughs> to get anything yeah. is one yep. testicle. And exactly. then we would say that all the time without context. And people would be like, just say you went over to the testicle mart for like, a gallon of milk, and then we had to stop saying that. But, but well, now that you say this, I'm actually now thinking about other body parts in which there's a more <laughs> liquid market. Like, I doubt that there's a huge market for arms and legs because once the arm or the leg has been separated from the body, given today's technology, it's just not worth that much. <laughs> like, it might be worth it to some creepo who wants to recreate the lamp from a Christmas story with a human leg, <laughs> oh. but. But, like, think about a kidney. A kidney, those are pretty active, you know, legitimate and black market in <laughs> kidneys. So, like, what Good is point. a kidney worth? There's probably a pretty <laughs> concrete value on what a kidney is worth. Probably several thousand dollars. Yeah, so, like, oh, cost me two kidneys. <laughs> if I have access to, like, real-time quotes for the kidney market, I know exactly what it costs. Just a, quick, really... a, quick, a quick search on the deep net will get you what you want to know. <laughs> yeah, it's, like, pretty simple. I Google often, not because I do things for work, just because I want to know how many rupees buys a dinar. Like, you can Google that. Like, if I wanted to know... <laughs> How many, le- you know, how many kidneys my laptop is going to cost? Like, <laughs> done. It's true. Okay, that's enough. Yeah. Speaking yeah. of conversion problems, yeah, and birds, this this one I get the 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 gist of it. If if you were saying you were able to accomplish two things when you were really or accomplishing multiple things at once, you might say that you were able to kill two birds with one stone. Yeah, which I get it. Like I, you know. I need, I need, there's an ATM at the grocery store. And so when I go, I can pick up milk and deposit some cash from selling my kidney at the same time. Two birds, <laughs> one stone. <laughs> the conversion to me is strange. It makes me, I remember that what this idiom has particular relevance to me because when I was a kid, my mom said this offhand one time, like running errands, oh, we'll kill two birds with one stone. I, and I didn't realize it was an idiom. So I was mm-hmm. reasonably horrified that my mother and I were off to, first of all, that we were going to kill birds, yeah. multiple birds, and that we were not going, only one, yeah, and that we were going to do it in somewhat primitive fashion. So yeah, that's a really good point. This is, <laughs> we're going to crack two bird skulls with one hatchet. This like like the fact that we're killing these birds with a rock is like, <laughs> that's a really good point. <laughs> makes me think that like. This probably dates back to, like, Cro-Magnon times, and also, yeah. like, the the practicalities of trying to kill two birds yes. with one rock. Is... Yeah. Okay, so that's what I was getting, that's what I was thinking when you said this, is like, 
trying to envision a scenario in which I kill two <laughs> birds with one stone is so hard to imagine. So I could kill two birds with one rock, maybe. I could certainly kill two birds with one boulder. But, like, a stone implies that this is a relatively small piece of rock. And therefore, the way I presume I'm killing this bird is through a really well-placed and well-timed toss. And, a, and, in and a really fortunate case, ricochet. That's exactly <laughs> it. Like, if I'm going to kill two birds with one stone, I basically have to pull off the Dwight K. Schrute scenario where I shoot three people through the temple who are all happen to be lined up. So, like, maybe... Maybe if two birds are like headbutting at the time, I hit one, it kills it on impact, and then it causes such severe CTE in the other that its lifespan is shortened. Like, maybe then I've indirectly killed two birds with one stone, but short of that, I haven't. So, like, maybe I kill two birds with an arrow. Like, I can see that. If they're in tight formation and I shoot an arrow through one, and it's like total overkill. I've shot a really just, big arrow with too big of a, a bone. <laughs> it just passes through one into the other. It just seems like you're make, you're assigning yourself a needlessly difficult task. Like, like why not say like I'm gonna go bag two birds with one bag? <laughs> like that. <laughs> it's a big bag. It's big. I purchased big bird bags. <laughs> Big bird bag. TM. Like, saying that you're gonna go kill two birds with one stone means that I'm, like, simultaneously gonna yeah. run, like, a half marathon and, and like, swim, like, three miles. Like, two really it, hard it, tasks yeah. in conjunction. Totally. It also feels like a douchey brag. Yeah. Yeah. So, two birds with one stone. <laughs> That's yeah. And we'll zip through these. We're spending a lot of time on honorable mentions. The last yeah. three, I grouped three cat idioms. So there are a lot of cat idioms, and they're all violent. I think I know one of them. <laughs> if you were trying to say that there's there are multiple methods by which you can accomplish something, and this will bother you as a cat lover, you yeah. might say there's more than one way to skin a cat. I don't want to get yeah. into this. Can I get my fundamental objection? Is there's other animals that are more commonly skinned? Good point. For, yeah, that's a really good point. Yeah. This is one that's really goofy and one that I've misused famously. If you're going to say that something is a secret is no longer a secret, you might say that yeah. a cat is out of the bag. I don't know why you have a cat in the bag in the first place. That one reeks to me of a specific weird origin. It's so weird that I have a bet. I bet there's a this one odd, like, literary origin. This, this feels story. like a medieval thing where, like, you would yeah. put a cat in a bag to, like, you know. So, I don't know. And yeah. then, speaking of all these horrible things that happen to cats, if you're trying to say that, like, being a little bit too eager and nosy might end up being a bad thing for you, you might say that curiosity killed the cat. This one makes a little more sense, because I could envision a scenario where a curious cat might end up in a pickle. Yeah. But it's the same thing as the skinning a cat. Like, why are we picking on cats here? Yeah. I I'm, I think this kind of falls into the skinning the cat thing, where there's other very curious animals. Most animals are pretty curious. My cat's put themselves in dangerous situations via their curiosity fairly routinely, but I think other animals do too. I saw a whole family of deer just like nosing the ground right at the side of an interstate highway the other day, like just checking it out. You know, I would say the most curious animals are probably the ones that you see dead a lot on the road. Cause I think yeah. this 
Because I think this <laughs> this idiom is true, but like by that logic, you're like, well, the curiosity killed the raccoon or like yeah, the possum. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, anyways, that's enough talking about dead animals for one podcast. Yeah. Those are my honorable mentions. Yeah. Let's move on to number three. This one, I wonder if if other people will agree me with agree with me on this one. If you were gonna say that there's something you received that is a bonus on top on top of what you were already expecting, you yeah. might say that it's just icing on the cake. And my quibble with this is that for me personally, and I think a lot of people, the icing is like the only reason I'm there for the cake in the first place. Like it's yeah. not like I'm jazzed to be eating cake and I'm like, oh, and there's icing. It's like, hey, check it out. There's a bunch of fucking icing here. And like, also, like, because this is cake, there's some cake here too. Damn. Well, what, what I think is interesting about this phrase is that there are cakes that don't have or need icing. Like, I made, I made my sister a pound cake recently and it didn't have any icing because it was a deliciously moist recipe to begin with. Mm. And so, the icing on that cake would have been icing on the, the icing on the cake as expressed here. But <laughs> the cakes that actually have icing, you're right. The icing is so integral to what they are that it's not the icing on the cake. Well, and like for me, like when I think of I like just just like it's understood generally that like icing is the best part of the cake. Like when you're icing yeah. a cake, you eat some, you just lick it off and like. That's why you're always licking the bowl, you know? Like, you want to... I guess that's more of, like, a batter thing than an icing thing, but you get my No, but you're right. Like, if if people iced an angel food cake, then it would be the icing on the cake because the angel food cake is so good already, it doesn't need it, but then that's the thing. But, yeah, it's the main attraction for your average... Like, the image we're all thinking of as a birthday cake. It's the main attraction. That's what I think. I'm just not... I'm not really into cake that much, so maybe I'm not the the best person to be deliberating on the relative merits of cake and icing, but that's one that I always kind of thought was weird. Yeah, I think I think that's a good one. These next two are two of my favorites because they're so stupid. Number two is if you were trying to express that you had gotten the worst end of a particular situation, you might say that you got the short end of that stick, which I just, logistically speaking, if you have a stick... Like, can you tell me any stick you've ever encountered where one end was, like, the short end of that stick? So, I think, I think that this is a wishbone-type scenario where you and I are tugging on the same stick and one of us gets the long end or the short end. It's like drawing the short straw. I think that that's where this comes from. So, like, we happen to come across a stick that has like a bend in it and there's a long end and a short end and we try to pull it apart or it could have it could be a regular old stick and we just snap it and one of us gets whatever end ends up being longer i i think that this one is i see what you're saying and if i'm making what i'm saying up then it makes no sense but i think what i'm saying is accurate It makes sense that you would need to do something to physically alter the stick because a stick as it is in my head is just a stick and has two ends that are connected and so you can't have a short end. I never realized that it's implied in this scenario that we have like some kind of broken stick, in which Mm -hmm. case I guess that makes sense. But I don't know, this one's never made much sense to me. Maybe this is maybe this is a personal bigotry and 
and most people understand this and I don't. The reason this well, came up is because someone at work, I don't remember who now, said that <laughs> they got the shit end of the stick. And I was like, that's not the phrase, but I like that so much better because like if there was a stick and one end was covered in shit, like that is not the end that you would want. Yeah. And so, like, that phrase makes a ton of sense. Like, oh, I got the shit end of the stick, as opposed to the end that's not covered in shit. Well, it's funny. I like... I'm so interested, because you and I definitely, our brains work differently, and it's interesting to see times when this really comes out, because what you're saying about the idea of a straight stick with just two end points, one end being, you know, the short end, makes no sense. That would never have crossed my mind. Really? But I just Googled it, and a lot of other people have the same thought process as you it actually looks like what might what it might be is not what i was saying that the fact is it's you're supposed to the original phrase is the wrong end of the stick okay meaning like somebody whacked you with a stick and it was the (laughs) wrong end to be on the business end of the stick yeah and it slowly morphed into people saying the short end of the stick because they were using short as like somewhat synonymous with wrong or bad end of the stick. Okay. If you told me you don't want to be on the end of the stick that's getting swung at me, like I'm going to get hit with it, that makes total yeah. sense. But I just but think- that's not short. That's wrong. I So I think I think it sounds like it's a corrupted phrase that actually has a reasonable beginning, but which in its corrupted form makes no sense. Fantastic. Yeah. So it's just... Yeah, that's really good. And I think it not only is a fun, dumb phrase, it nicely illustrates the way this shit happens. Yeah. Like this is the transformation of a reasonable phrase into an unreasonable one. Well, another brief example of that, I don't think this will come up in year one, because it's so obscure, but when people, if you have two things that look a lot alike, you would say it's a spitting image. Hmm. The actual phrase is spit and image. Yeah. Which is like, you would never like... No one would ever say that, and you'd be like, oh, you're using that phrase wrong. That's not the phrase anymore. It's Now it's spitting image, and that's just what it means, but it's kind of cool to see how it evolved over time into that. Yeah, there's a, there's another one that's pretty similar to that that I want to mention on the pod that's that's pretty similar. Sorry, you did know that, and I totally stole it from you. We'll cut this. No, 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 that wasn't going to be one of them, There's a, but there's a similar something like that. Okay, cool. Yeah. Number one, anytime anyone says that, I... I I do become a douchebag and I do point it out and be like, oh, really? Did you actually mean this? Because it makes no sense to me whatsoever. Number one, if you were trying to express that you got a really, really good night's rest, you might say that you slept like a baby, which to me, that's, that sucks. If you slept like a baby, that means you woke up several times, you cried, you were hungry, you maybe shit, shit your yourself. Like... You woke up and just, like, you were just in the worst possible mood. You didn't know where you were. Couldn't find your mom. You had a really bad night in general if you slept like a baby. I I really don't, I'm not a huge fan of that phrase. Especially because the adjacent phrase, oh my god, I slept like a log. Or I slept like a rock. Both exist. And those don't make a ton of sense either. But you, I mean, it makes more sense. You slept like an inanimate object. Because, yeah, because I think in those cases, you're not saying that you slept as a rock does. You're saying, I slept as though I were a rock. As though I were inanimate. Yeah, Yeah. and this phrase, I don't I actually don't even think we need to explore this one too deeply. It's so fundamentally 
dumb and you're so fundamentally right. I, my sister and brother-in-law just had a baby four-ish weeks ago. That kid doesn't sleep in a way that I will envy ever. Right. He sleeps like shit. <laughs> He's a baby. Yeah. That's what he's supposed to do. And and yeah. it's and it's true that some babies are good sleepers, but it's such a rarity that like when someone has a child, yeah. they'll be like, "Oh my god, he's such a good sleeper." And you'll it's be like, "It's always remarked upon." Exactly. And then the person you're talking to is like, "Oh my, thank God," because you know yeah. most babies wake up and poop yeah. and yell. Oh, so, you got through the night, right? Exactly. That's such, yeah. that's a mile milestone when your child starts sleeping through the night. Yeah. So. That's all I wanted to say about that. That's my least favorite idiom. I hate when people say it. I yeah. don't think it makes sense. I'm down. So those are my top 10 stupid idioms. Yeah. And like I said, I know it's tough to think of some, but do you have any that you might want to throw on here? One that I think is really dumb is cool as a cucumber. Hmm. I get it. A cucumber <laughs> is traditionally eaten cold. It's often chilled. It has a refreshing sort of taste to it. But first of all, if we need to pick a fruit or vegetable that is refreshing and often served cold, what about watermelon? It seems to serve the same purpose, but much more importantly than that, why not pick something that necessarily is cold, like ice? Yeah. Ice, far as I understand, and Kyle, I know you'll help me with this, it's the solid state of water and must therefore exist in some range of temperature depending on where we are exactly in the universe, it is always cold. Yeah, precisely. Or at so, least or at least relatively speaking. So Yeah, it's at least cold relative to the environment in which it exists. Right. Whereas like a cucumber grows in a in a warm state and often is cooked like under heat. Like for example, this very evening I cooked or I ate a delicious meal in which cucumbers were heated up on the stove and put into a pasta. Yeah. And I, and I don't think that we could argue that, that the alternative meaning of cool can be used in this context because like, as far as vegetables go, like cucumbers aren't very hip or with it either. Yeah. And, and even that it's too, it's too close to the phrase it's trying, like the idea it's trying to convey anyway that you'd be using the definition to define the definition basically. Right. In which case it's kind of a useless phrase. So cool as a cucumber is one that I think is, is dumb. Yeah. I'm on board. There's a couple that I, that I'm betting have a, an origin that I just don't know. So like, Bob's your uncle. Mm. I, I bet that has a phrase that I just don't know about. It seems really dumb, but I bet it has a, an origin. It feels like one time somebody was explaining to somebody, like, a series of events, and, and logically it followed that Bob was his uncle, his uncle Bob. Yeah. Yep. And then someone heard that and thought it sounded great. If I had to bet all my money on something, that's probably how it came about. Yeah, I, I agree with you there. I hate skin of your teeth. That's a common one that people say. I, I, I bet there's something there, but even if there is some origin, I think it's flimsy enough that I don't, that I think it's dumb. I don't believe, I never took anatomy. I don't believe there's any skin on human teeth. And so there's no skin, but I do know. And you're welcome, dear friend of the pod and future dentist, Emma. Your skin, your your teeth are coated in enamel. And mm -hmm. so, like, there is an outer layer of your tooth. But it wouldn't make much, it wouldn't really roll off the tongue to say, like, ooh, by the enamel of your teeth. 
and so people maybe substitute skin in for that word. Do you think that the person who invented this phrase was thinking of it that way? Nope, I don't. But I'm just trying to make a point yeah, devil's no, advocate I... here. And I also think that it just doesn't make any sense because, like, if you were to say, like, you just missed something by a little bit, you might say by, like, the tips of your fingernails because, like, yeah. you can imagine, like, a reaching motion and you just missed it. But, like, yeah. by the skin of your teeth, like, are you trying to, get, like... It implies that you were trying to get somewhere or do something with your teeth and you just missed it, which I don't know what scenario that is unless you were trying to take a bite out of something. Yeah. I don't know. There's The only other one that I could think of that you didn't mention is another cat one, actually. The cats are very misunderstood. Cat got your tongue? Hmm. I don't think I get that one. This feels like a weird, superstitious, wives tale type origin. Oh, yeah, like some mystical cat that gets tongues or something. Like the boogeyman. Yeah, like... Yeah. Just like, I don't know. It feels... I don't know. That is that is a weird one, though. Yeah, I would feel comfortable adding skin of your teeth in cool as a cucumber, potentially, depending on how we feel the list shakes out. Well, speaking of which, uh, do you see any that feel vulnerable to you on here? I think drink like a fish is... No, I don't, because I think it's stupid. <laughs> it's not whether or not it's stupid because they're all stupid. No, but I know. Do you see any that are less stupid than maybe skinning your teeth or cool as a cucumber? Because I think I would. I think that makes sense. I think drink like a fish is potentially less stupid than cool as a cucumber. Yeah, but it's so stupid because they're not drinking, and we've known that for a while. <laughs> like we've we as a, as a race have known for a, a long enough time that they're not drinking the water. <laughs> to think that's dumb. <laughs> that's we didn't just figure this out very, like yesterday. <laughs> I honestly don't know. This is pretty bulletproof. I really like this list. Maybe bird in hand just because it's the conversion we have a problem and less the actual sentiment? Yeah, that's probably true. And we've gotten we've we've milked all of the humor <laughs> out of that that we're gonna find. <laughs> yeah, bird in hand probably, and I don't know, cats and dogs is just that's like one of the more absurd ones. Yeah. That's just absurd. <laughs> I guess, I, even though I had it at three, like, icing on the cake, like, because... I think, I was actually thinking that same because one. Because there I, are cakes that don't have icing on them, like, then you, in that case, that makes sense. It's also possible, and I, I don't discount this, that, <laughs> like, 200 years ago, before the advent of, like, mass-produced cakes, <laughs> all cakes were so tasty that to add icing was really to just add a, a nice, exciting bonus. Or perhaps people were so poor that they, that like, to have icing on a cake was a big fucking deal. Yeah, and, and now it's like icing is for the masses, and icing <laughs> is really used to cover up shit cakes. <laughs> Let's yeah. take it out. Let's yeah. take it out. Okay, so let's let's talk order then. Because I think that's important. Yeah. So I think Slept Like a Baby is the unquestioned numero uno. I agree. <laughs> I'm starting to think that When It Rains It Pours should be a two because it's just so immediately contradictory. I really, yeah, that's number two. I'm with you on that one. I think that this is elevating one that's much lower, but I'm so into this. I think Great Minds <laughs> should be a three. That's so fundamentally offensive <laughs> to, <laughs> to thought. I'm fine with that, especially since, because short end of the stick, we discussed its ambiguous origins. Yeah. And you're right. Yeah, that's fine with me. Let's bump it It up. 
it it's against thought. <laughs> thought is important. <laughs> yeah, I think I, I I know this is this is another one that was towards the end. I think drink like a fish is so dumb. <laughs> Okay, we can bump that up. I think, I think that given the length of the discussion we had on it, I think at least a penny saved, penny earned should be above drink like a fish. I, because I'm so attached to it, would like to keep short end of the stick high because I think it's stupid and because shit end of the stick I think should be the new one. Yeah. I would feel comfortable with penny at four, stick at five, fish at six. I can, yeah, let's do that. Okay. So then we have, Head over heels, raining cats and dogs, bird in the hand, two in the bush, and then cool as a cucumber. Or no, we decided to bump bird in the hand. So yeah. cool as a cucumber and skinnier teeth. I, so I think I think head over heels is seven. I love that one. <laughs> I do too. Okay, and then how would you feel about raining cats and dogs? I like less than cool as a cucumber. Yeah. What do you think about cool as a cucumber eight? Cats and dogs, nine, and then skinnier teeth, ten. That's exactly what I was thinking. Well, that's fantastic. In that case, I think we probably have the definitive top ten list of stupid idioms. Yeah, I think we do. Cool. I'll recap them real quick, and then we'll get the fuck out of here. Let it rip. Top ten stupid idioms. Number ten, we had getting by on the skin of one's teeth. Skinnier teeth. Number nine, when it rains cats and dogs. Not sure what that means. Number eight, when someone is as cool as a cucumber. Okay. Number seven, when you <laughs> number seven, when you're head over heels for something. When you're just in a normal state about it. Number six, when you drink like a fish. Like fishes don't. Number five, when you get the short end of the stick. Or more accurately, in my opinion, the shit end of the stick. <laughs> number four, <laughs> claiming that a penny saved is equivalent <laughs> to a penny earned. They're literally just different things. <laughs> Number three, the absurd notion that all great minds think in similar fashions. Holy crap. It's offensive. Number two, yeah. the immediately contradictory <laughs> assertion that whenever it rains, it necessarily pours. Yeah, the most easily disproven <laughs> on this list. Everybody <laughs> ever has experienced rain that is not pouring rain. <laughs> Number one, in agreement, the dumbest idiom, when someone says they slept like an infant, they slept like a baby, it's a bummer. I hope I don't sleep like a baby tonight. I'd like to wake up with my pants not full of poop. We'll see. Yeah. All right, buddy. <laughs> that was a really fun one. I, I that was that. a blast. I really liked that one. <sighs> we managed to keep it relatively short, too. I'll get that. Yeah. Not so bad. <sighs> okay, buddy. Uh, I will see you next week if you're still keen. Alright, sounds good, boss. Alright, later. Adios. Alrighty, friends. That was our top 10 for this week, but now we'd love to hear your top 10. So please check us out on all of our available social media outlets, traditional outlets, whatever outlets we have. Check us out on Twitter at top10km. That's all spelled out, top10km. Our email, top10km, spelled the same way, at gmail.com. Or our site, top10km.podbean.com all forms of communication accepted except for serial killer notes please don't send us any of those if you like the pod be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcast so you never have to miss an episode of top 10 ever again if you didn't like it please tell us why we'll try to make the show better 
Our theme music was composed by Kevin McLeod, and our artwork was created by Erin Sant. You can check out her stuff at Sant Design on Instagram. Alrighty, goons, we'll see you next week.